my love. I am so happy and so pleased to announce that this episode is brought to you by my very own company, Savage Chocolates, which is all about cultivating a more loving relationship to your body and to food. You know, we don't really believe in guilty pleasure. We just believe in pleasure done well. And have you ever had that uh, candy bar or a thing of ice cream and you eat it and you're like, wait, I don't, I don't remember eating that. (laughs) Wait, where'd that go? (laughs) Well, that's why I created Savage Chocolates because I know the importance of pleasure. And I think that we don't slow down enough to actually experience it. And so... If you are wanting to eat mindfully, if you are wanting to be reminded of how to actually experience your pleasure, then please go to www.savagelosangeles.com to order your goods. All right, you guys, let's get to it. I am... I'm just going to keep repeating it. I'm so excited and grateful that you're here. Melissa Ambrosini, you're an angel sent from heaven above. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm As so are you. Oh, oh, my heart is so full just being in your, in your radiance. Um, thank you for coming on Savage Lifecast. You have so much to offer the world and you're as we were just saying, not only are you about to give birth to a, a book, but you're also about to give birth to an actual human spirit. Um, so you're just like juggling all the things, but I would love for you to introduce yourself to anyone that's new to you. Um, and this is kind of the format that I usually do that. Um, I I firmly believe that most of us have a mess and then we make it into our message. And so I would love to know a little bit about your mess and how you've transformed that and alchemized that into this very potent, powerful and radiant message. Mm, wow. Yes, that's so um it's so true. We often do have to go through murky times to get these lessons and realizations and come out the other side as a upgraded version of ourselves. And it's 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 exciting and we can resist it, but that's life, you know. It's all about evolution. And for me, I hit rock bottom in 2000 and 10. I actually can't even remember now. Was it 2010? Yes. <laughs> it was about 2010. And I ended up in hospital with a whole host of physical health issues, but also mental health issues. So depression, anxiety, panic attacks, eating disorder. And then my body was just completely shutting down because I was just ignoring all of the warning signs to stop and slow down. And there were so many little warning signs that I could have listened to and I chose to ignore them. And I kept on forging forward until the rug was pulled out from underneath me. And this was definitely the hardest and most challenging time of my life, but it put me on the path that I'm on now, which I'm so grateful for. I'm so incredibly grateful for. I love what I do. Um, I love helping people unlock their full potential and be the best version of themselves. And after I hit rock bottom, I realized that I needed to learn how to nourish my temple. I didn't even know how to do that. And so 
I started sharing what I was learning and studying. I was studying holistic nutrition and life coaching and meditation teacher training and yoga teacher training and acuenergetics, which is energy healing work. And I began sharing what I was learning on this thing called a blog. This is way (laughs) before people even had blogs. And, you know, we just had Facebook and I had this blog and I was just sharing what I was learning. And then began getting asked to speak as a motivational speaker. Like my first speaking gig was for Lululemon and they asked me to come and speak as a motivational speaker. And I was like, what even is that? Like, okay, (laughs) I'll do it. I'll come and I'll talk about health and wellness and self-love and spirituality. Okay. And I just did, I just showed up and I did it. And then I began uh, running my own events and workshops and writing eBooks and creating online programs and writing uh, books and started my podcast. And that has been the journey for the past 10 years. Yeah. Going on 11 years. And now I'm at my first, my fourth book comparisonitis, which is out right now. And so excited, so exciting to have that out in the world. And comparisonitis is really about, deep, unconditional self-love. It's about how to stop comparing yourself to others and be genuinely happy within yourself. And it's such an important book and it's so timely. The thing is every single one of us compares ourselves to other people and some more severe than others. And we need the tools. We need to know how to stop doing that so that we can fall in love with ourselves and, and live a life that is meaningful and content for ourselves. Amen. And it's such a wild time too. I I was thinking about, I was thinking about your book and I was thinking about how timely it is because it's so true. Like we just live in this time of, it's, it's almost like, um, I don't know what the word is. Uh, we're just saturated. We're just so saturated um, with everything from social media to, you know, what we're seeing. And now that we're most of us are still at home, you know, kind of trying to negotiate a gentle truce with everything going on in our lives. It's really easy to do this compare despair game. And um, and so thank you for thank you for that. That's what was the what was the drive behind behind telling that story and, and wanting to shed some light on how comparison is so treacherous for us. There was a couple of driving forces that made me want to write this book. One of them was the fact that I was suffering from it myself. I was suffering from comparisonitis severely myself and like with all of my books, I write them really for myself, for my younger self. And I wanted to share what I had learned and what I had realized. And so it really was about helping myself go through a huge transition of comparisonitis. And a couple of years ago, I lost one of my best friends to suicide. And what we've seen in the data is that comparison leads to anxiety, leads to depression, leads to panic attacks, leads to disordered eating and to suicide. Mm. 
And so, and, and the rates are just going up and up and up. It is absolutely wild. And so we need to look at it. We need to do something about it for ourselves and we need to do something about it for the future generations to future-proof them from suffering from comparisonitis because children are getting phones younger and younger and younger. Wild. And it's it's crazy how young they are getting a phone and that is one of the major causes of comparisonitis. So we need to have some strategies and some tools for ourselves and to help the future generations so that they don't suffer the way that we have suffered suffered and so that we can put a stop to this anxiety, this depression and these suicides and everything that is so prominent in our society right now. Yes. And it's such an inside job too. It's like, I know, you know, the times where I suffered, I I've suffered from the worst, you know, comparisonitis weren't like, I, I, I looked a certain way. I looked really, you know, good. It's like, it has nothing to do with any of that. Like, it's so not external. Like I look at you and it's like, okay, if that came from you, like that blows my mind, but it has nothing to do with the external. It's such an inside job. Absolutely. And we can't pretend to even know what's going on for other people. You know, we all have our own stuff going on. So we need to be mindful of that. Oh, no doubt. Doubt and and also just to you know again with the social media and I, I actively participate on social media so this is not like a bash I think anything can be used in in any way right it can be a beautiful tool or it can be a, you know is this like a treat or is this treatment for something that I don't want to feel and with social media too it's like I look at stuff and I'm like wow that is so altered like it's all so altered <laughs> that it's how can we even compare anyway. Exactly. I talk a lot about this in the book about how social media is the highlight reel. And a lot of us know that, but we forget it. And that's something that we really do need to remember. And I'm not saying in the book that you need to get off social media. I'm, I teach you in the book, I give you strategies on how to make it work for you so that it's not something that's detrimental to your mental health. It's something that you can use to connect with people and for the good, but you don't have to allow it to be a tool to kick off comparisonitis. Can you, I mean, A, everybody, all my little savages out there, let's all go get the book. But B, um, can you maybe share like a little tidbit of a tool that maybe someone who's struggling with social media? I mean, I literally, one of my good friends, she was like, I'm like, I'm single and everybody's married and, you know, doing this, doing this. It's like these comparisons are, it's not just about bodies. It's like about relationships. It's about everything. Do you have like a little tidbit that you could give our little savages about how to, I don't know, just quiet that voice? Yeah. I think we, we definitely need to remember that it is, a highlight reel. Like you do need to remember social media is the highlight reel. And a lot of the celebrities and the influencers that you follow may, this may be their job. You know, this is a job to them. It's not um, a hobby. You know, this is how they make their livelihood and their Instagram or their social media platforms are 
their resume. You know, it's like an architect with their portfolio. So we need to remember that. You need to remember that they have, there are tricks of the trade, you know, from lighting and professional hair and makeup through to savvy camera angles and loaned wardrobes and airbrushing influencers and celebrities. They know how to post beautiful pictures and, and, even though we look at them and we know that is still this like subconscious comparisonitis that goes on like, Oh, their life looks perfect. It's like, well, that's a professional photo shoot. Like, <laughs> yeah. Time out everybody. <laughs> time yeah. out. Yeah. And I think another thing we need to remember is like, we need to zoom out, you know, no matter mm. how perfect quote unquote perfect a picture may seem there's always real life behind the picture. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. For example, in the book, I share about a story where uh, I was in Greece, in the Greek islands with my husband and my bonus son. And we had to uh, shoot some content for um, some companies that we were working with. And the the image is just so beautiful that that we got of me in Santorini with like these white beautiful rooftops and yes. I'm in this blue gorgeous dress in the Mediterranean in the background it was so stunning yet behind that frame is a really cranky 12 year old little boy who's like had enough yeah and wants to go and is like we've been here for two hours can we please go I'm hungry and then you know an an over it husband who's like sick of taking the photos as well and you know there's there's life beyond the frame and we forget that and so we do need to remember to zoom out of these pictures like what is behind what is beyond that frame and then um yeah just remember that we've got to do more things that make us forget to look at our phone I think we're so obsessed with our phones these days Yes. And in the book, I say, make th- do, do more things that make you forget to pick up your phone. So for example, like I had lunch with some girlfriends over the weekend and we sat there for four and a half hours and not one of us picked up our phone, you know, like going to the cinema or being in nature or playing or going stand up paddleboarding, like do more things that make that are actually real life real life. Yes. Social media is like, you know, you can get snippets of someone's life, but it's not the totality of their life. It's unless they're doing IG lives and streaming 24 seven, you don't know what's truly going on. And we just have to remember that. Yes. Thank you for that reminder, because it's so easy to get caught up in the stories and I think it ties so beautifully into you know you you've written so beautifully about our inner mean girl it's like we we do the compare game and then like the mean girl pipes up and it's like oh yeah and she's hotter than you and like she's this and that and it's like they feed each other do you find I mean I feel like looking at the progression of your writing they kind of tie in. How, how does that work? Absolutely. So my first book, Mastering Your Mean Girl, is all about that voice inside your head, like you said, the one that says you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you'll never meet the guy, you'll never get out of debt. Who do you think you <laughs> are? Cute. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, that voice. And I think 
Absolutely. If you are suffering from comparisonitis, it would mean most likely that you have a very loud inner mean girl that's telling you you're behind, um, they're better than you, you know, whatever the comparison is, the body comparison, the relationship comparison, the children comparison, the work comparison, the material object comparison, whatever it is. So it's a good indicator if you do feel like you're suffering from comparisonitis quite heavily that that maybe your inner mean girl is severely loud right now. What do you, when you're, I mean, I, I, I appreciate that you're keeping it real with me and it's not all, you know, like pure, pure polka dots and moonbeams all the time. So I assume that, you know, like we have bad days, you know, life is sometimes not all dreams. When, when, and if your inner mean girl still pops up, do you have like a conversation with her? How does that work? How can we integrate some of that into our everyday Yeah, I take myself through my four-step cast process, which I've done a TED talk on, and I share this process in the book, In Comparisonitis um, and Mastering Your Mean Girl. So the four-step cast process is what I use whenever she pops up, whenever she goes to say, um, you're not good enough, Mm. or you're never going to get out of debt, or you're never going to meet the guy or whatever it is. And let me walk through that process with you now. So yes, I'd love that. The four steps cast stands for, it's an acronym. And all you have to do to remember is the word cast. And basically what we're doing is we're casting aside our inner critic so that our true self can shine out Mm. because so many people forget that their inner critic is not who they truly are. So the first step is we need to create a character for our inner critic. So maybe for you, your inner critic, like if you close your eyes and you visualize that voice that says you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not skinny enough, who do you think you are? Just think about for a moment what that voice looks like. Is it you or is it someone else? Totally somebody else. Is it a male? Yeah. Yeah. Is it a male? Is it a female? Like just close your eyes and really visualize that person. And now I want you to give that person a name. And it could be Bob, Mary, Negative Nancy, Debbie Downer. Mine's Veronica. Veronica. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very intense. And once, <laughs> once you've got an image and once you've got a name, you can open your eyes. Now tell me, was yours you or someone else? Mine was definitely someone else. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Do you know this person? Mm-mm. It's like an, it's like an image. It's um, not archetypal, but kind of, you know, I have a musical theater background, a Broadway background. And so I, I kind of picture like Velma Kelly from Chicago. 
<laughs> yeah, I love that. I love so, it. She's like very intense and like dark hair and like very kind of like, ugh, ugh. Yes. And, yeah, Veronica, and her, definitely. And her name is Veronica. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Okay. So that is the first step of the cast process is creating a character. C stands for character. Mm. And what this does is it puts distance between who you truly are and your inner critic because a lot of people think that their inner critic is who they truly are, which is like the biggest lie of all. It's not who you are. Yeah. Like that voice is not the truth, yeah. right? Not real. So not it. It's not real. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It's just your inner critic. So I love to create this little character. Mine is me. Her name is, I just call her, her my inner mean girl. And she uh, sits on my right shoulder Mm. And she's about, you know, this big. And she says, and she's wearing a little red devil outfit because I, like you, have a performing background. Yes. And we did a dance once called Dance with the Devil where we wore a black, sorry, a red uh, leotard with red knee-high boots, a red pitchfork and red devil ears. That's so fun. And so she looks like that <laughs> in that outfit. <laughs> and she sits on my right shoulder and whenever that voice pops up in my head, I just visualize that. I visualize her. And what it does is it also not only puts distance between who you truly are and your ego, but it brings lightness and joy to the situation. So I'm like so, laughing as you're talking about it. I can see it. It's so it's she's she's like cute, you know? <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Like absolutely hilarious. So yeah. It allows you to laugh at what she says. And so in A Course in Miracles, they say laugh at your ego's tiny mad ideas. And this is like we want to laugh at our inner critic's tiny mad ideas. Okay. So that's the first step, cast. C stands for cast. The second letter, A, stands for awareness. We have to become aware of when she is speaking and what her triggers are. So whether it's social media or a particular relationship or in a particular environment, become aware of when she is piping up and saying, you'll never meet the guy or whatever it is because awareness is key to all transformation. Mm -hmm. And then once we are aware, uh, the next letter, um, S stands for shut. We want to gently shut the door on her. So think of Mm. her like an annoying salesperson who comes knocking on your door to say, you're not as pretty as her, or they're already married and you're not married, or they're already having kids and you're not having kids. You think of it like an annoying salesperson who comes knocking on your door to sell you steak knives and you're just not interested. You know, you're like, thank you, but no thanks. I'm not interested today. And you gently close the door. You're like, see ya. Bye. Uh, We're all good. We're all good. (laughs) You know, you wouldn't allow them to come into your house, give you their 45 minute spiel on steak knives and stay over for tea. You'd be like, thank you, but no, thank you. Yeah, and the, the same thing applies for when your inner critic comes popping up to tell you that you aren't as good as that person or that you need this item to be worthy. You say, thanks, but I'm not interested today. And you gently close the door and you lock it behind you. Yes. And so 
this isn't about suppressing. This is just literally about you're not, that's not welcome here. Right. Cause it's yep. the truth. It's not, it's not who you really are. Exactly. And then the third step is truth. Like this whole process leads you back to the truth of who you are. Mm. And we want to choose the truth. Like, is it actually true that I will never meet the guy or I will never get out of debt or that I am behind or that I'm not good enough? And the answer is no, you know, it's not the truth. And the whole cast process leads you back to the truth of who you are. So I talk about that in the book and talk you through that whole strategy. But if you want, you can uh, read it in the book or watch it on my TEDx talk. Yes. Yes. I love that. It reminds me a little bit of, of like Byron Katie's like, is it true? Can you really know that it's true? And it's like, it, you know, so often that work is like about other people, you know, but it's, but it totally does apply just to ourselves as well. That's beautiful. So what I, I'm always fascinated what lessons are you learning right now? Like, what are you, maybe it's like a pattern in your own life. Maybe it's like more of a, a grand new fresh thing, but what, what are you learning about yourself and what are you learning and processing right now? Right now I am pregnant and I am learning. Well, not learning. I am being reminded of the importance of presence because I am so excited to meet my daughter. Like I can't even tell you, like I'm, I've got full goosebumps. Like I'm so excited to meet her in the physical and I dream about her every night and like, it's just so exciting. And I, have to be still in this moment and not, not like get too ahead of myself. So I'm reminded of presence. I'm reminded to be here and to enjoy the rest of my pregnancy and to just embrace that and enjoy the, the time on my own. Cause I know as soon as she's here, one becomes two for the rest of my life, you know? And which is so exciting, but I'm just like, just be here, Melissa, and just enjoy having a day nap and just enjoy time on your own. So, um, and I'm also reminded of surrender. And I think launching a book the same time as a baby, you know, and, and wanting to have time on maternity leave and trusting that, you know, in the past, this is my fourth book, like I said, and in the past, you know, you do big book launches and I tour Australia and I tour America and I go everywhere and it's amazing. And just also going, trusting that this book will get into the hands of the people that it needs to get into the hands of. And I need to surrender to that and just allow. And no so I'm reminded doubt. of that as well. It's amazing how these lessons come to us and it's like, they're so, they're, they're not huge. It's, it's nothing like, oh yes, it's like very weird, which it's very simple, but they're, they're, they really are the most impact, impactful, important, powerful lessons. Surrender. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's like huge. Thank you for sharing that. And I know 
I have full faith that the book will get into everyone's hands that needs it because it's important. It's an important message that we need. And the thing is, is like everyone compares everyone, men and women, every single person, anyone who tells you that they don't, or they never have. I'm like, "Mm, I'd like to meet them. (laughs) I'd like to meet them. And also like shut it down because I'm like, I don't buy it. Yeah. Like even a lot of the men that, you know, I've, I've spoken to about this in all my research. Yep. They compare themselves. And I know women, we have, you know, way more thoughts in our mind each day. We have between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. Men have around 40. So we're probably doing it more than men um, just purely because of the amount of thoughts that we have Uh, in saying that, that every single male that I have spoken to in all of my research and all of my data, they all do it, all do it as well. Wow. I wonder what we would do with all that time. You know? I talk. Oh my gosh. I talk about this a lot in the book about. Tell me. Freeing up mental bandwidth because we spend so much time and energy comparing ourselves to others. Like imagine what we could do with that time and energy or what we could have done with that right. time and energy. Like I could have learned like six languages. I was just going to say, I'm like, yeah, I've been like working on that language for a minute. Let's, <laughs> let's add another one. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. And you know, I, I know that you did an, uh, an audible special on living a, a purposeful life. I feel like that is also so intertwined with that as well. Like if we're, if we're spending all this time, berating and tearing ourselves down. And then all of a sudden, you know, we free up this space, like let's get back to purpose. Let's get back to truth. Mm -hmm. That's, that is exactly it. Like if you take away in one day, how much time you spend comparing yourself to others or just numbing out, you know, scrolling or whatever it is, what you could have done with that time. It's just, yeah for your purpose, for giving back to people, for living your dream life. There's just so much time in, in the day that we can free up to do the things that really mean a lot to us. Why do you think so many of us struggle to live on purpose? Because we're comparing and because we're distracted because of the noise. There is so much noise Yes. There is, we are exposed now to more data and information than someone 40 years ago was exposed to in their entire life. We're exposed to that in a day. That's a lot of input. There's a lot of input coming in. And this is forcing us to be distracted, to compare ourselves, to get off path, to question ourselves, to doubt ourselves, to allow our inner mean girl to be on volume 10. And so we need to have this white space in our life. We need silence. We need spaciousness. We need time away from our devices. We need time in stillness and in silence to tune inward and to really un, like listen to how we're feeling and what's going on for us because that's where all the answers are. But it's so noisy. 
So noisy. For someone who's like, yeah, cool. I want to like, I want to listen to myself and like create some space. Like what, what is one step in that direction that someone can, can actionably do or not do to kind of create a little bit more space, that white space? Start meditating. Mm. The great Start healer. Meditating. Yeah. It's the best every day. I don't have time. Yeah, right. We all have yeah. time. Stop, stop watching Netflix. Totally. Stop scrolling Instagram. Totally. We all have time. Um, you know, I know people who have five kids and still meditate every day. So it's really about priorities, prioritizing it. And, you know, I often say like people who say I don't have time, like I'm like, I want to come, L- let me come and sleep over and spend 24 <laughs> hours with you and I'll show you. Where, where the time is. <laughs> where the time is. Yeah. Oh my God. First of all, like get rid of your TV is the yeah. best thing, you know? And totally. there you go. There's like three hours a day freed up. That's so true. My meditation teacher always said, okay, cool. You don't have 20 minutes to meditate. You actually need to meditate for 40. <laughs> you know, like exactly. they're like, if you don't have time, then you need to, I mean, it's so real. Like meditation buys you time. Like it, exactly. it literally buys you time. It not only buys you time, like li- like truly, literally, you're like, oh, wow, I have space. But it also buys you time between like when the you know what hits the fan and like our reactivity to it. And had, then we don't have to clean up so much. You know, we don't have to backpedal so much. It's like, we're just doing it. We're just exactly. doing the life thing. Yeah. Mm. So meditate every day. Start now. And I believe on your site, you offer a meditation. Yeah. So just go to my website and I've got this incredible 8D meditation. Oh my God, everyone go. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's free. So you just got to like, um, go to my website. It's there. It's brand new. It's 8D. It's infused with binaural beats, self-regio frequencies, isochronic (sighs) tones, and it's incredible. So like you put on your headphones and you're just going to. Go off to space. It's so cool. I'm so here for this. I'm so excited. Oh my God. Yeah. It's amazing. I worked with this incredible sound engineer in in India to create this. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Everyone head to her site. I'll put it in the show notes so everyone can just be like, and have it. Um, That's super (laughs) cool. Um, I want to know who, who is your teacher? Like who, besides of course yourself, um, because you're a masterful teacher, but who else has really influenced you? And, and maybe a book that, besides, of course, your own, but a book that you read that was that was a game changer for you. Mm. So definitely, I've had many, many teachers. Like everyone is a teacher to me. Yes. Every relationship is a teacher. Like my unborn daughter is a teacher. My husband is a teacher and a mentor for me. Yes. I've had many incredible mentors and teachers and guides and people that don't even know that they're my my teacher or my guide because I read their book and they're mentoring me. So I personally believe everyone is a teacher to you because they allow you to go within yourself and drop deeper. And we have to remember that, that everyone is a spiritual assignment Uh, The first spiritual book I ever picked up was when I was in hospital in, it was actually October, 2009. 
and it was Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. So that was the first book I ever picked up that had a huge impact on me. And then, you know, some other incredible books. There's so many books. I've On my website, if you go and search my blog and then type in books, I've got life-changing books that have changed my life in all the different areas. Ooh, so if you cool. want like a health one, a, a relationship one, like there's so many good ones and I am obsessed with reading. So I usually read like a book a week. Um, yes. Like my aim is to read uh, each year. Yeah, you know, uh, at least... Last year, I think I read maybe 30 books, but that was like, I was like, oh, I want to read 60 this year. So I try and read a book a week. Wow. But usually it's around a book every two weeks. Um, You know, it's just so important to me to continue to learn and grow. And there have been so many great ones. Conversations with God with Neil Donald Walsh was amazing. I had him on my podcast. So amazing. And then like in terms of parenting, The Conscious Parent or The Awakened Family by Dr. Shafali, Relationships, um, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From mm. Venus. Oh, like there's so many money books. There's uh, um, for the, oh, what's the money one called by Dr. John Martini. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, It's amazing. And the name has just gone from from my mind. And then there's so many great health books and, yeah, all of my books too. I just think they're all incredible. Yes, they are. Um, Thank you for that. And I got really excited when you mentioned Louise Hayes, uh, You Can Heal Your Life, because that was my rock bottom book. When I hit my bottom with anorexia, I was – I was on an airplane and I had been on tour with a show. And so I hadn't seen my family in a long time. And so they didn't know how sick I was and all the things. And I was on the airplane and for some reason I'd always had the book, but I hadn't actually read it. And it was this weird moment where I realized how, like, I I just, I realized how sick I was. It was reflected back to me by a... (laughs) by a flight attendant, actually. I basically, like, had asked for a tomato juice and it had 50 calories in it, so I had a Diet Coke instead. I was like, oh, no, I'll take a Diet Coke. And, um, you know, it was just one of these moments. And then I picked up the book and she had a whole thing on anorexia. And then I saw my family and they were all like, whoa. You know, it was just the perfect storm of hitting that bottom. But that was my that was my book, too. You can heal your life. I When I read that book... It was my rock bottom book. And when I read it, I said, I want to write a book <laughs> that is the rock bottom book for other people. And that's what Mastering Your Mean Girl is. So, so many people have come up to me at speaking events or just emailed me or messaged me on social media and said, your book was the book that I picked up at rock bottom and it's changed my life and healed my life. And I just, I thought, oh, wow, it's full circle. Like I wanted to write that book for people and have that impact and that that book did that yeah and that book was huge for me that was a huge huge book for me I I, your book um when I moved to Los Angeles I picked it up and it was it was a hard adjustment I had moved because my mom was diagnosed with cancer and so I was kind of like finding myself back in California I'd been living in New York a long time and 
had this new career and all these things. And so I was going through a huge transition. So your book was incredibly potent and important at that time. So thank you. Mm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Such a gift. Such a gift. Well, it's already been 45 minutes and I don't know how that happened, but I just, (laughs) I want to say thank you so much for coming on. And is there anything else that we need to know about you? Any, any last thing you want to share? Um, And then of course, where we can pick up your book. Mm -hmm. Definitely come to my website, melissaambrosini.com. And I have a podcast, The Melissa Ambrosini Show, and I'm Melissa Ambrosini on social media. And check out Comparisonitis. Please go and grab your copy for you and your friends. And I've got heaps of epic bonuses that you get when you order the book. So go and check that out. And once you've read it, come and tell me what you got out of it. I'd really love to hear what your biggest takeaways are. There's a lot of very vulnerable stories in there that make me sick to my stomach that I've actually put in the book. And I think, oh my God, is that in there? And, you know, with every book, once it's gone to the printers, you know, I roll over in the middle of the night to my husband and I say, is it too late? Is it too late? (laughs) And he's like, it's too late. It's gone to the printers. And I'm like, Should I have, should I have taken that story out? And he's like, no, babe, that story is really potent and powerful. And it's going to help. Yeah. So uh, every book I've done that. And I just want to remind you guys that comparisonitis doesn't have to be part of your life. It doesn't have to be something that you suffer from. And in this book, which is a book about radical self-love, like deep self-love, and quitting comparing yourself once and for all and so that you can find inner peace and contentment and genuine happiness like that is our birthright that is our absolute birthright and you are a miracle and you are here because you matter and that you are unique and precious just as you are and there's no need to compare yourself to anyone else like we all have our own unique fingerprint and I'm the best in the world at me and you are the best in the world at you. And there's no need to try and morph or change or fit into any other mold because you are amazing, whole and complete, just as you are. Can we get an amen in this house? (laughs) That was so beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, What a gift to have you. And I'm so excited to get my hands on your book. I can't wait for you to read it. Please do let me know what you think. Absolutely. Absolutely. All my love. Thank you, darling. Thank you for having me. All right, you guys, thank you so much for carving out the time to listen to this wisdom, to listen to uh, all this goodness. Um, once again, gentle reminder to please check out savagelosangeles.com to learn more about my new company that I'm so proud of. I hope it inspires you to create and cultivate a life that you dig. Um, and also if you are down and have, you know, oh, I don't know, 10 seconds, then please, please give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. Super easy. Just give it five stars, maybe say a few kind words. And if you dug it, please share it with your friends. I would be over the moon with gratitude. Um, All right. You guys are the bee's knees. Much love. Stay savage. Savage.